Welcome back to Tea Time Reports, everybody. Thank you for tuning in once again. It's Brandon with you. I'm bringing you the next episode of the Windy City Reports series. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. And today we got a big, big episode, a lot going on, a lot to talk about. Preseason is over. We're nine days away from week one, Soldier Field, Green Bay's coming to town. Um, the Bears just had to finalize their 53-man roster as well, so roster cuts just took place. Um, practice squad signings are also taking place as well, and there's new rules implemented with the practice squad this season as well. So there's going to be a little bit more importance with the players that are going to be on the practice squad this coming season and for seasons to come. But before we get into everything, I just want to sort of recap the preseason as far as um, statistics-wise. Justin Fields, 5 for 9, 180 yards, 2 touchdowns, no interceptions. Longest was that 62-yard touchdown to DJ Moore, of course, which was a screen that he threw backwards. Yes, we know. Um, Nathan Peterman, 24 attempts, 14 completions, 173 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Um, Justin Fields also did not get sacked either, which is a good sign. Yes, there was really no position or situation where he would have been sacked, except where Ed Oliver kind of speared him in that Buffalo game. But... Um, Tyson Badgett, 20 completions on 29 attempts, 69% of his passes, 156 yards, no touchdowns, unfortunately, had one pick, but if you would have been watching the game, that pick is all Steven Carlson's fault. Um, the very play before Tyson Badgett threw that pick, he had probably the best throw out of any Bears quarterback in the entire preseason. Actually, I, Nathan Peterman's throw to um, Fountain, I think. The Reese Fountain in the corner of the end zone was insane, too. But he had a beautiful throw over the middle of the seam, in between the two safeties, over the linebacker's head, and Steven Carlson just wasn't able to haul it in. Um, P.J. Walker, 23 attempts, 11 completions, 96 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Moving on to rushing. It's actually good to see this. Um, I'm impressed, and I'm happy to see this. I didn't even know this was the case, actually, until I saw this, but... Roshan Johnson led the backfield with 28 carries, which was the most by 14. Travis Homer getting the second most at 14. 98 yards, only had 3.5 yards per carry. But you got to remember, he was playing behind the second team online. He was playing behind the third team online for probably a good 45, 40% of those 28 carries. Had a long of 24 yards, had five first down runs. Um... He was one of the bright spots on the offensive side as far as the preseason goes, next to Travis Badgett. Other than other than them two, or Travis Badgett, Tyson Badgett, other than them two, there really wasn't, I, I'm saying that, DJ Moore, obviously, which I'll get into. But besides them, three, there really wasn't much to shout about on the offense, you know. And we'll get into DJ Moore. Two catches, 102 yards, one touchdown. 90 yards after the catch, he led all of, NFL position players in preseason in Yak with 90 yards after the catch, and he had two receptions. Two. Man, is he going to be a fucking game changer on this Bears offense. We've never, ever seen a receiver that can do this and has this talent. He has Bears fans salivating at the mouth. Pause. Oh, but it's just, we, it's all over Bears Twitter right now. Every time he touches the ball, it's just something happens. We've never seen it before. Um, Rojo, Rojo also had another another five catches out of the backfield for 24 yards. So he can do everything. He can block. He can run on third down. He can run in between the tackles on first and second down. He can receive out of the backfield. 
And that just goes to attribute what Khalil Herbert was saying about him, too. He can do everything. It just starts to solidify more and more the statement that he was one of the biggest steals in the draft. Like I said, 28 attempts, 98 yards. A lot of his carries were behind the second and third team on line, so three and a half yards per carry. You don't want to see that, but you're not going to see that if he starts to move up into the starting role, I promise you. Um, and Simba Webster and Darius Fountain both had seven receptions leading the team receiving-wise. That one had 116 yards and a touchdown. He really did impress me. Um, I'm kind of shocked we didn't keep him. But and Simba Webster looked pretty good as well. Seven catches, 70 yards. I think we signed him back to the practice squad. I'll be able to confirm that here shortly. Um, Steven Carlson, I don't know. He looked good on special teams and blocking, but when it came to just being a receiving tight end, man, was he hard to watch. Um, even Khalil Herbert, two catches, 59 yards in that touchdown that we saw. Um, one thing that I want to touch on and caught my eye as well, Tyler Scott might be our new return guy. I hope he's our new return guy. Well, I say that, but we did sign Trent Taylor, so who knows what exactly the plan is there. Because we still have Vilas Jones. We didn't get rid of him. We just we just signed Trent Taylor from the Bengals to our active roster. I think it was like fourth, third or fourth last season in the NFL as far as PPF and like his return grade. Um, I don't know. But Tyler Scott had four returns, 109 yards, 27.25 yards of return, and had a long of 56. I think he might be the answer there, honestly. Because why not? He might not... I know he's going to be involved in the offense, but odds are he might not be able to get his number called. Like, who knows what genuinely might happen with this offense. And even if Justin Fields does work out, he still has Darnell Mooney, DJ Moore, Cole Komet, Chase Claypool to throw to before Tyler Scott comes into the play. But like I said, four returns, 109 yards, had that one for 56. He might be the answer at that kick return position because who knows what's going to happen with Vilas Jones. He's had chance after chance after chance. I was honestly surprised he even made the 53-man cut, but only time would tell. Um, Trenton Kill, Kill, Gill looked impressive. 13 punts, 644 yards, average 50 yards a punt. He had a long of 60. He had two that um, landed inside the 20. And, I mean, he, his, his net punt was still 43 yards, which, I mean, you'll take that. Um, Cairo Santos stood out to me as well. 5 for 5 on PATs and 6 for 6 on field goals two for two on 50 yard field goals and he really did impress because everyone every bears fan knows kicker ever since we got rid of robbie gold which is still one of the craziest decisions this this uh this organization has ever made it's just and the double doink and it's i'm not even gonna get into it the kicker position and the kicker conversation just goes without saying in the town of chicago and amongst the chicago bears fan base um, going on to the defense, Micah Baskerville really impressed me. Undrafted free agent linebacker. Um, he didn't make the cut, but we signed him back on to the practice squad, I believe. Um, he had 14 total tackles, also a sack as well. Really impressed. Um, Travis Bell had six total tackles and half a sack. Then he got cut, but he was also signed back to the practice squad, which I would have been genuinely surprised if that wasn't the case. But we brought him back, thank God. Um... Elijah Hicks had a really good preseason as well. 12 tackles. Jalen Harris had five tackles, a, ha a sack and a half. Um, I don't know if he ended up making the roster. I forget. But Terrell Lewis, he was one of the most surprising roster cuts. But I'll, I'll get into that. So before I save, before I start conversation on that, I'll get into the roster cuts shortly. But Terrell Lewis had four tackles and three sacks. I was really, really surprised to see him go. Zach Pickens, 
had seven solo tackles, three assists, ten tackles total, and a sack. Really, really impressed with him, and I, I'm not even surprised, to be honest. I knew that he was going to come out and produce, but that is still up against twos and threes, but we'll see. Time will tell. Um, Noah Sewell had a sack and 11 total tackles. Tyreek Stevenson, 13 total tackles. A.J. Thomas, 14 total tackles. That, that makes me happy because that just goes to show that our secondary is aggressive and they're physical and they're not afraid to make contact and actually tackle people and hit people. And that goes right in line with Iberflus and Allen Williams' system and what we're trying to build here defensively. Um, Macau Walker had 11 tackles too in his game since we signed him on. Kendall Williamson had 8 tackles. So I was, I was impressed with what I saw from the defensive side of the ball individually. Not as a unit, we never really got to see the whole first-team defense out there at the same time and gelling together. Um, Tremaine Edmonds just lurked, looked really antsy, especially in the Bills game. It's just going to take time to settle in. Jack Sanborn picked up exactly where he left off last season. I was happy to see that. Um, I want to give Michael um, Ojemudia some love because we cut him. He didn't make the final cut, but he had a really, really good preseason. I think he had three or four pass deflections, um, nine total tackles. I really thought he was going to make the cut. I was really rooting for him to make the cut, but unfortunately he did not. But that rounds out um, just sort of what I wanted to touch on for the Bears and the preseason stats. Let's get into the official roster transactions for the Chicago Bears over the last few days. I am going to name a lot here. Not all of them, but a lot. Um, P.J. Walker released, which I'll touch more into that here shortly. I'm happy we did that. Alex Leatherwood waived. Surprised about that. And Simba Webster released. I think we brought him back to the practice squad. Um, DeAnthony Jones, Barrington Wade, Darius Fountain, Michael Ojemedia, Davion Taylor, Bobby Haskins, Demarquis Gates, Tristan Ebner, Aviante Collins. I'm sorry if I'm butchering these names. All of them have been released and waived. Um, Kendall Vildor was um, waived as well. He was picked up by the Titans immediately, pretty much, I think. Steven Carlson, Travis Bell, both waived. Both were signed back to the practice squad. Robert Burns, Nathan Peterman, Kendall Williamson, Greg Stroman Jr., Michael Walker, which, wow, I honestly didn't even realize we waived him. Kind of upset about that because I, I liked him, and I, I really did think he was going to stay with us. Maybe he got brought back, and I just haven't seen it, and I'm missing it. But Davion Taylor, Bravion Roy, Jalen Harris, Megan Clark, who also looked really good this preseason, Micah Baskerville. Travis Gibson was a surprise. He got waived as well, and supposedly he never asked for a trade either. He did put that out there on Twitter after, or X, after he did get waived by the Bears. Um, gave a very professional and heartfelt farewell to the Bears fans and the Bears fan base, but also did follow it up saying that he never requested a trade. So who knows what happened there? Very, very unfortunate situation. You hate to see it unfold that way. I hate to see it unfold that way as well because I was a fan of Travis Gibson. You know, he's underperformed in his career as a Bear, and the expectations have been high. But I think he was really starting to come into himself this year, and he was balling in the preseason. Nine tackles, two sacks, and I really, like, three or four QB hurries. I really thought it was going to pan out. Then that report came out in the middle of the game, and everyone was like, what the hell? Where did this come from? And just sort of seemed to unravel from there, which is unfortunate. Isaiah Ford also waived and placed on injured reserve. Um, but going into the practice squad, as of the most recent update, you'll see a lot of these names were brought back as they cleared waivers onto the practice squad. Micah Baskerville, 
Travis Bell, Robert Burns, Stephen Carlson, Aviante Collins, DeMarquise Gates, Jalen Williams, Grace Roman Jr., and Simba Webster, Kendall Williamson, all 10 of them were cuts originally from the 53rd to get to the 53-man roster. All 10 of them cleared waivers, all 10 of them back on the practice squad. You'd love to see that. Um, Deslin Alexander, we just brought him in. I'm very, very happy about that. Um, came from Pitt, balled out his senior year at Pitt. Um, I think he played all four years, or he came in his junior year, I forget. Um, Daniel Hardy, Bill Murray, not the actor Bill Murray, offensive lineman, I believe coming from the Patriots the last season or two. Um, John Parker Romo, kicker. Um, then we just brought A.J. Thomas onto the practice squad earlier today as well. So I, I'm really impressed with how we were able to maintain this practice squad and maintain some of these players that we had to sort of weed out to get down to the 53-man roster. And it just it just goes back to do just trust in polls and let polls cook, bro. Ryan Poles is just continuing to set himself up to potentially be one of the best GMs in all of football five years from now, maybe even sooner. Um, but to get into the new practice squad rules, each week teams can evaluate two players to the games to the uh, evaluate elevate I'm sorry elevate two players to the game day roster and this can happen with a player three times before he needs to be signed to their active roster practice squad players are free agents and able to sign with any other team's active roster and the team cannot block any move to said roster they can offer practice squad player um, an active roster contract to stay as well if a, player, if a player signs with another team's active roster, he must stay there for at least three weeks. A practice squatter cannot have one practice squad for another, cannot leave one practice squad for another. So they, they changed some rules with that and they made it a little bit more versatile and a little bit more friendly as far as plugging the, these practice squad players in whenever they're needed. <clears throat> Moving on. Tyree Stevenson, I want to I want to touch on him because man, did he have an up and down preseason? Really, really f good highs and really, really bad lows. I think he got hit for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty or an unnecessary roughness penalty in the first two games. Then also got two defensive holding penalties in the third game. Then there were just some times where he just lost his cool and did some shit that you just can't be doing. But it was even evident early on in the preseason, start to finish, teams were coming at him. And coming at him heavy and they were testing the rookie and that's that's the best way to learn though and really groom yourself to be a star in this league one day and I think it's gonna work out best case scenario for Stevens and got a very nice interception in the Bills game against Kyle Allen and that's just a flash of what he could potentially could be and all the shit that I was just saying that's been negative for him are all tangible all tangible but it's gonna be an up-and-down rookie season for him I've, I've been vouching for this kid ever since we drafted him out of Miami. We traded up for him, and ever since then, I've been sold on him, and I've been trying to sort of give him the credit and back him up because I know some people have sort of felt opposite, and especially seeing now how he's played throughout the preseason, some people definitely feel that way. And I'm, I'm staying on my hill. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to continue to back him, and I, I'm, I don't think he's going to let me down. Um, but... Aside from that, I want to get into more of the preseason. My biggest takeaways from the preseason, one, the first one, DJ Moore. Kind of hard not to go with DJ Moore, dude. I've already touched on it a lot already, but the difference that he is going to make in this offense, it'll speak for itself come week eight. I'll just leave it at that. Second is 
just the impact that rookies are going to have on this roster throughout this season. And it's consistent from what we saw last season with Ryan Poles and this coaching staff and this front office. And it's going to be even more prevalent this year, I feel like, whether it's Tyreek Stevenson, whether it's Zach Pickens, Javon Dexter, Darnell Wright, whether it's Tyler Scott, whether it's Ro- um, Roshan Johnson. is There's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of involvement from rookies, and I like that. I really do. And I think it's going to be more of a positive thing, and I'm really, really excited on on how it's going to how it's going to turn out then <clears throat> third takeaway from it obviously is Tyson Badgett man quarterback two in Chicago now that is crazy and it just it's really something that should not be overlooked from just the overall story like the success story that it is and the fact that as a Bears fan who knows if Justin Fields really does work out or if he gets hurt with his legs you know and there's obviously going to be growing pains having a rookie be your quarterback too right away if he is for whatever reason thrusted into any situation like that but it makes you feel a lot better knowing that like okay this guy is our quarterback too if anything happens and man i could not be more excited and he even he got a text from ryan pole saying congratulations um you deserved it be an asset to justin fields be ready to work and that's just ryan pole getting right down the business and just encouraging his young quarterback to to just be an integral integral part of this team, even if he's not even playing, you know. And that's just that role of that backup QB2 position. Um, apparently, there's been reports about Darnell Mooney supposedly is going to be a dark horse trade target come around trade deadline this season, which I think is just absolute bogus. I don't know. I forget who the reporter was that brought that out, but it came out of nowhere. It was completely random. There is really no no backing support behind it at all. And it's sort of already been nipped in the bud. Stacey Dales came out and reported not only Darnell Mooney, but Jalen Johnson are expected and are going to be a part of this Bears franchise as cornerstones on each side of the ball for years to come, which makes me feel a lot better as a Bears fan because I don't want to lose either of those two. They've been very underrated players that now that they can finally have other pieces around them that's going to create a winning culture, we're going to really see their talent brought out to light to the best of its ability. And I can only imagine what that's going to be like. But I I said I wanted to get back into the the P.J. Walker release and why I like that. Because we just brought him in months ago this summer as the quarterback too, as backup quarterback to Justin Fields. You know, he's has familiarity with DJ Moore coming from Carolina. He's a very similar quarterback to Justin Fields as far as play style. And it was just a win-win all around. But we did give him not a lot, but just a little handful of guaranteed money. And we just released him like that. But what I want to touch on is that just small moves like that are signs that are support and evidence that the Bears as an organization are changing internally. We're not going to keep subpar players just because they're owed guaranteed money. Hence, cutting P.J. Walker and now Tyson Badgins, our quarterback number two. And that's Ryan Poles that's starting from him in the top down. And that's just going to create a culture that we haven't really seen in Chicago. And that's something I'm really going to be keeping my eye on as the next couple seasons unfold. 
Um, Tevin Jenkins, Doug Kramer, both placed on IR, so they're both going to miss the first, at least the first four weeks of the season. Um, so with that being said, Dan Dan Feeney, we acquired from the Miami Dolphins from a uh, for a first, uh, sec- excuse me, a sixth round pick, and wow, what a steal! Now that I'm starting to find out about this dude, maybe not even from talent wise, but all I got to tell you is his first presser or first interview since the since the acquisition quote i really hated the green bay packers growing up unquote coming from dan feeney and that's all you need to fucking hear okay that's all you need to hear as a bears fan and then we already fucking love you and we are willing to build a statue for you but the thing about this is that he's versatile he can play the center he can play the guard and like i just said tevin jenkins is out at least the first four weeks we don't know Cody Whitehair's um, certainty playing the center position or playing the left guard position. I don't want Lucas Patrick in there. Um, and even if it's playing Feeney at center, um, then Cody Whitehair to left guard. Ideally, I'd just keep Cody Whitehair at center. Then I would play Feeney at left guard if he even did come in. But we have the roster spot still open for him. And there was also a viral video and a really cool video that came out of um, him shotgunning and chugging some beers at a New York Islanders game, which... If that doesn't get you pumped up, nothing will. But that just it just goes to Ryan Poles cooking again, bro, and just making moves that he's playing chess, not checkers with this shit. He really is. So that's why I'm at the point now where, as long as I can remember, every single move that the Bears organization made, I mean, minus like the Khalil Mack trade, it just unfortunately never panned out to anything. Um, making moves like getting Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, just never amount to anything. But we've never had a front office to where we have had so much confidence instilled in us as Bears fans over the last year and a half, two years. And it's just a night and day difference from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy to Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and Kevin Warren and what's happening with this organization right now. It's, it's just a completely different feeling and such a relief to just know that you don't have to worry about every single decision that your front office makes just fucking being the detriment to your organization. I wholeheartedly trust everything that Ryan Poles does. And if it's a mistake, it's a mistake, you know? Velas, Velas Jones is one of those mistakes, potentially. And he owns up to it, you know, and you move on. The fucking 49ers made the worst trade in NFL history and took Trey Lance, which turned out to be the worst fucking trade in NFL history. And they're still a top two contender, top two favorite coming out of the NFC for the Super Bowl. Their head coach, their front office, their president all just got extensions after making the worst move in NFL history. And this just goes to show to you that it's okay to make mistakes and you can still have a successful winning culture starting from top to bottom even by making mistakes, is something as big as the Niners did. Um, Trent Taylor, we signed him, I already said. That's a great, great addition. Makes me feel a little bit better about our special teams. I'm really interested to see how he pans out. All that Jonathan Taylor trade interest and trade talk kind of just got nipped in the bud. The Bears were just officially stated as not interested in pursuing him anymore. But that Chris Jones trade offer and the trade rumors with Chris Jones are still on the table. And... I'm all in on it. I honestly am. I've thought about it a lot, but I would not mind trading for Chris Jones at all. Today actually marks five years to the day that we traded for Khalil Mack, and we know how that was. 
in week one that year was at Green Bay. I'm not going to go into how that game ended, um, but I will say the first half of that game was one of the best moments of my life as a Bears fan. But I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, but, dude, we have the draft capital. We have the cap space. We're just a year left on our rebuild, and it's the perfect timing to make an acquisition like this. I really do feel like it. And, I mean, it's only we're not going to know until we know. It's just rumors. Who knows how true it really is, but it has been confirmed that the Bears have made a call to the Chiefs about him because um, apparently he is disgruntled, and the Chiefs don't have that money. They just don't, and they're, I don't think they're going to pay him. I really don't. I think it's just a matter of time and that he does get moved. It's just a matter of where, honestly. But, man, I would love, love to have Chris Jones on my fucking defensive line, bro. Bottom-rated defensive line last year. I mean, it's Chris Jones right there next to Aaron. I mean, there's there's him and there's Aaron Donald as far as defensive tackles go in the NFL. Then there's just a huge fall-off after that. So, who knows? Um, then I want to just end this off with two players the Bears did just bring in as well off of waivers. Um, Khalid Kareem, Notre Dame fighting Irish boy. Watched him during his career with the Irish. Really enjoyed watching him. Had 109 tackles, 26 tackles for a loss, 13 sacks, 25 quarterback hurries in 43 games. He was a baller at Notre Dame. And this was on a defensive line with, um, um, I'm having a brain fart now. Fuck, the dude on the Browns, Owusu Karamara, Jeremiah Owusu Karamara, and some other studs on that defensive line as well. But this is who essentially is replacing Terrell Smith. And Terrell Smith is a guy that I mentioned balled out in the preseason and really did catch my eye a lot more than some others on as far as the defensive side of the ball. But we got rid of him, and I was really shocked about that. But we soon followed it up with Khalid Kareem, which is – this is a classic Eberflus guy, high motor, high intensity, and is going to give you 110% start to finish on every single down. And he comes from Notre Dame, so I like that even more. And I'm honestly happy that we got him in, being that this was who we're replacing Terrell Smith with. Um, then the other one is Quindell Johnson, undrafted rookie free agent um, out of Memphis. He was uh, signed on originally by the Rams, and they, they ended up waving him. And supposedly, this guy is a fucking steal. An absolute steal. Rams fans, including, are actually upset and are um, on record saying the Bears got a good one. Um, Johnson, 6'1", 195 pounds with 4'5 speed. Athleticism, size, not a problem with him. He had the 320 solo tackles over his time at Memphis. So he's physical. He's not afraid of contact. He forced four fumbles but also had 10 interceptions. So he's a ball hawk. He's physical. He lays his body on the line. He's athletic, and he has size. Like, what? Why would you let go of this guy? It still remains a mystery, is the general consensus. And apparently he had a really, really good preseason as well. I didn't watch any Rams preseason games. Sorry, don't shoot me. But I I really like these moves, getting Quindell Johnson in here and getting Khalid Kareem in here, man. And it just goes to show, man, trust Ryan Poles. We have a Tampa 2 system. It demands versatile safeties. Jaquan Brisker is a perfect example. Quindell Johnson is built very, very similar to Jaquan Brisker. I'm just going to leave it at that, and I'm going to let you guys marinate that. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Brandon here with you. Make sure you check out Tea Time Reports on Twitter. 
Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Threads, TikTok. I didn't even know we had a Facebook. I just fucking brought that out there because I'm so excited about this Bears season. Oh, before I forget, predictions. Week one, I'm going to predict that the Bears beat the Packers. It's going to be 23-17. to 17. Week one win for the Chicago Bears. That's my prediction. Book it right now. Thank you all for tuning in once again. And as always, bear the fuck down.